0: morning, everybody, everybody as well. Happy Wednesday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day week it is for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to The Boost. Wherever you are, whenever you're here, we appreciate you being here. We're talking about The Circle. We've been talking about this for a while. It's okay. I think it's okay. I hope you think it's okay. What I love about what what I hope you like about The Boost, what I like about The Boost, is that we don't have to run through stuff. And when you run through stuff, you don't really get it. But when you take, when you delve into stuff, and when you spend the time on something, hopefully it it resonates in a different way. We've been talking about what's in our circle and what we've been doing in the last few sessions for the last few episodes is really getting into the world of autonomy, which is the world of what I can control. And the reason why that's so important for those who remember yesterday, we spoke about the Belt Parkway. So if you don't live in New York, it's worth coming in just so that you can drive around our highways and you can get to go back to your state and be like, wow, you can, you can appreciate the gifts that God gave you. But I am appreciative of our highways too. I don't want to be unappreciative of anything. God is all good. Even our highways are wonderful. There are things that we just can't control in life. And when we don't know the difference, we don't get, we, we lose control of the things that we can't control. There's a very, very big aspect. Um, concept and spirituality. Boundaries. Spirituality actually is a system of boundaries. When you look at some of the practices that take place in spiritual systems, you'll see that a lot of it is boundary-based. Is, is boundary based I know Judaism, you may have your own, but mine is Judaism. I know that you can do things on Saturday. You can't, there's a boundary. There's a boundary to food. There's a boundary to people. There's, there are boundaries everywhere. And to a, a modern eye that may feel off because we wanted everything to be boundaryless. We love flat worlds. We love a borderless society. And there's a value to that, but really the, the lack of recognition of boundary is the reason why we don't feel control of anything. Once we put boundaries up, once we put um, walls, if you will, or um, boundaries, and we know what each side means, Then we can start to understand what are the areas that I can control? What are the areas that I can't control? What are the areas that I have joint control? And then we can start to have that feeling of autonomy. Yeah, you can have a borderless world, but you're not going to have any national pride. If you look at when God took the Jews out of Egypt, yeah, he could have made one people looking exactly the same. He didn't. He made tribes. He knows that that could have led, and it did lead to some level of Jenna's jealousy of envy, but that was built in the system because boundaries are important. Kids need structure. They need boundaries. Marriages need boundaries. Jobs need boundaries. When you want to be an Olympic athlete, you have more boundaries than you can even imagine. That's the only way you're going to hone in to greatness in a sport if you play every sport you play no sports well enough to be an olympic athlete i'm sure they did a study on this i don't know if ken's on him ken, ken would know yeah ken's on ken maybe you would know this or rob i'm sure they did a study somewhere when they when the kids that come into colleges and play multiple sports how they do in, in the profession when they become professionals except for bo jackson boundaries, knowing what we can and can't control, and not only knowing it in general, knowing it in specific. That's the game of autonomy. When you're having a conversation with your friend, with your child, with your spouse, being aware mid-conversation of that, which I can't control, but I'm trying to assert control over somebody else. I can feel it I can't control them. Anyone who's raised a child, you know that at some point you say, because I'm your father. You know why? Because I'm your mother. That's why. Anyone ever say that? You know why you can't go? Because of this, because you don't understand? Because I'm your mother. That's how it works. Right? Anyone have that? What is that? What does that mean? It means I don't, I, I, I'm controlling you. And I'm done trying to like get you to get it so it's appropriate when the kid's four years old and like wants to do something it's not appropriate when the kid's 18 and really if you sat down for an hour on the couch and really explained out the thinking he would get it but like you're exhausted and you're watching something or you're tired from the day i don't know and the kid's annoying enough you're not going out with your friends because i told you so because i told you so because i'm your mother that's how it works when you can have your own family, then you can make your own rules. You're in my house. You follow my rules. You can't go. Anybody? That's, if we, if we can talk it through, a breakdown of boundaries. Because I think I can control you at 18 or at 16. I can't. I'm asserting control over you. Now, it could be that you don't get it fine. There needs to be respected parents. Absolutely. But I can't control your brain. So what I can control is the respect maybe, or the, the attention you'll give me maybe, or I can at least since I'm in charge, I can garner a certain amount of, of time with you because I'm still in charge. So I can use it to persuade and convince and understand. But I'm not talking like I got this. Just let's be straight. Don't think, oh, Charlie figured this out. Charlie, I don't figure it out. I'm just stating problems. I'm not saying I have solutions. I'm just like you. We're all the same. The breakdown of control is... The only control I really have over you is a few minutes for you to pay attention for a few years of your life. That's about it. Maybe when you're little. Now, I can use that time to share with you philosophy, to share with you thinking, to, to influence you in the way I see the world, or I can just assert control. But in the assertion of control, if you can just stick with if you guys are with me, I have stepped over the boundary. And by stepping over the boundary by forcing, now I have lost what I have, which is the ability to influence happens in school all the time happens with religion all the time for those who have any relationship to religion there's tons of stories where some religious figure will say because god wants you to and he'll be like i don't understand like can you put your hand down he'll be like no i just don't understand this whole god thing's really complex like i don't think yeah god's a complex I'm not saying every teacher has to stop the session. I got it. You know what I'm saying? Like within reason, but the idea that you can assert God on people through fear and trepidation, that, that is a breakdown, if you will, of barriers. Okay, little, whatever. And the, when you break down the barriers, now you lose the control to influence, to inspire, to engage. We're always playing this game. We're always living in this area in between. Look at the conflicts that take place in countries. It's always about territory. Territorial disputes. Look at, the, the, what took, well, look at what's going on in, in, in the Middle East. Is it my country? Is it your land? What is that gray area? And when you're in that gray area, that gray area is where the disputes all lie, the gray area of the boundaries of control in our lives. The Talmud says that if you look too closely into your prayers, it leads to some level of this dis- heart The dis- hard word disheartment. How could that be? And the answer it gives is if you're trying to every time you pray, like follow to see if when it got answered, you're just you're you're gonna be disheartened. You don't know how the thing works. You're breaking the boundary. So, so much of our lives is this game. Now, everything we're talking about, mastery, connectedness, this isn't like black and white. You don't just roll in and be like, oh, I got this. This is life. This is how you play the game of life. You don't just roll into Yankee Stadium and start swinging. You practice every single day of your career if you want to be a Hall of Famer, every single day. The best players are taking hundreds of pitches in batting practice. The best basketball players are on the courts hours before the game shooting hundreds of shots. They've been doing this every day of their lives. They never stop. You never stop practicing your craft, ever. Until you retire, if you are alive, you never stop practicing this craft. We don't put this into place and set it and forget it. That's not the game called life and then get on with like other things like work. Work works for us. We don't work for work. This is life. This is what we do. Look, like I told you. My, my rabbi Levi from from Israel told me, "You want to understand what life is. You're always questioning yourself. You're always involved in your mind. You're never letting yourself be like that's how we do things. Not in a way that's depressing. Not in a way that's disheartening. Not in a way that has that loses your confidence. In a way that is engaging and exciting. You are excited for your life, and your life is important enough to analyze it the way." a person analyzes some company to put a couple of bucks in on a public market, the way somebody analyzes, whether or not, you know, the quarterback should be, you know, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. Did I get the right team? Like who should be QB one, the way guys sit around and like rip apart whether or not who should start and when they should move on that analysis that you hear. If you watch a game, For a game, you hear experts sit around and discuss strategy for for a game. I love it. It's just a game. This is our life. This is what we do for, this is it. This is all, we're, we're on this earth for what? For this. This is what we do. This is our job. Our job is to figure out this, our life. Our mind, our goals, our aspirations, our failures. And if I've got this internal need to feel autonomous, why don't I feel that? Well, maybe it's because I don't get the boundary. I get the side that's clearly yours. I get the side that's clearly mine, but I haven't spent enough time in the middle. I know I can't lock you in your room. I get that but i haven't figured out that i can't force you either sometimes you figure it out god forbid when they leave and don't come back then you figure oh man i forced them on that god forbid and as the more we play this game The more we start to put on the glasses of analysis, what's in my boundary? What can I control? I can't control his reaction. I just handed a presentation to my boss and I worked on it for like six days and he said, Thanks. And now I'm blown. I can't control that. What can I control? What can I put into my my circle? I can't control whether or not this thing or that thing is healthy. Everyone's trying to control this virus, that virus, these numbers, that numbers, moving, traveling, going. I can't, masks, no mask. I can't control this whole thing. What can I control? What's really in my world? The more we think this question, the more I believe we put less in our box, as much as I want to so badly control everything, the more I'm honest with myself, the more I I just realize that in my country called me, there's a lot less territory than I thought. I have a lot less influence than I thought. There are other competing interests all around me and they just don't listen. You ever have that with somebody where you've put in weeks of time to convince them and influence them and help them and they just don't listen. And it's so clear to you and it's so much better for them. They just have to listen and they don't listen. You know why? Because you can't control them. The more we live in this space and the more we become okay with that, which I can and can't control. It doesn't take away from our goals. It doesn't take away from that, which we want to remember. This is, we're not messing with mastery right now. And we're not messing with auto, with connectedness right now. We still want to have, we still have big goals in life. And we still want to help and connect to lots of people. What, we, what we're learning This part of the game is, once I understand what's really in my world, then I can put all of my attention on that. Maybe then I can be excellent at that. Once I understand that I can't control my teenager, maybe then I'll put all of my efforts into being influential. And I change my strategy. I can never rely on because I said so. Once I stop using God as the the heavy, if you will, the scary boogeyman in the sky that has sent so many people running for the hills, maybe then I gotta figure out how to find him, how to engage in him, how to share him. I got to be better because I can't force it. Once I realize that I can't control the reaction of my boss, then I got to work on my own abilities and my own mechanism to make myself feel happy and, and satisfied for my career, even though I don't get the positive feedback from someone who should give it. So that I can come to work every day and continue to grow in my job and feel good about myself and learn how to have self-care and learn how to build self-esteem through the real things, a recognition of what I I add, not someone else's pat on the back. This is the work of the famous rabbi, Rabbi Salanter, who said, and he was one of the most influential rabbis of of, the previous era. And he said famously, I tried as a kid to change the world, and that didn't work. So I tried to change my community, and that didn't work. So I tried to change my family, and that didn't work. So you know what I figured I would do? Try to change myself. And then you know what happened? I changed my family, and I changed my community, and then ended up changing the world. What he was saying is, I realized I had no control over the world, the community, even my own family. But I had control over myself. And so when I I started to change myself, that I just became me. I just shared the extent of me and then other people saw that and I knew what to say and what not to say. And by first understanding what's in my boundary, that was what gave me the clarity to know how to influence others. Sometimes the greatest way to influence somebody else is to be it yourself. Is to own it and live it and 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 shine it, not to demand it. Someone, my wife heard this lecture where uh, the, the 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 teacher, she was saying something so funny. She was saying something so true. She's saying every time you hear a class on how to get better, and someone hears like a good bit of advice, like what how to like grow and get better, and uh, they're always thinking like, oh, I really gotta send this to so and so. You know, like, oh, this is great. You're right. We really got to do that better. Oh, my sister-in-law, my friend, my brother. Like, you're always thinking of who else needs to hear the class that you just heard about what to do better in your life. You never be like, oh, my gosh, that's me. Boundaries. What's in my world? What can I control? What did God, if you think of it like that, if you want to be more spiritual about it, what did God hand me? Because if God handed me an assignment and I was too busy doing someone else's assignment, and I didn't have enough time to do my assignment, then I then I failed. He gave me an assignment. It's called my life. It's called my mind. It could be my family. It could be my community. Whatever the assignment is, but he gave me it, an, and I, if I'm really thinking about it, will can really put it into a, into my box. And if I just keep my eyes peeled for a couple of days it'll become clearer to me that lots of my frustrations is because I'm trying to control that which I can't control and I'm wasting my time because I should use all that energy on that which I can control I'm not going to spend an hour fretting about the weather I can't control the weather I can adapt and if I google everything and go nuts about this variant and that variant and spend the next you know three days on trying to figure, unless, you know, I'm in charge of this stuff, like wasting a lot of time, energy, and, 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 and effort on things I can't control. Maybe I should just focus on what I can and feel good about that. And that's in my boundary. That's autonomy. It's in our hands. All right. Think about this today. Think about it. Just think about it today, if you wouldn't mind. I'm going to try as well. Just look at the world as it reacts to you and you react to it and see if you can put the glasses on, lenses of, of boundaries. What can I can, and what can I? What should I and what shouldn't I? Because the more we clear what's in our world, the more we know what to direct our attention on, and the more we'll become greater at that, and that'll probably influence the other stuff as well. All right. We'll talk about it. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.